When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. People of Maybe Babyshire, we are very excited to announce that this week's sponsors are bought by many pet insurance. Now, some of you will be dog parents as well as human parents, and we all know that trying to find insurance can be a massive faff. Pet insurance is no different. And to be honest, the most important thing is knowing your pets are going to be cared for when you need them to be. We had both dogs covered with Bought by Many before they even approached us to work with them, and they created their cover after listening to pet owners. They offer up to £15,000 of lifetime vet fee cover. Their complete policy is the most comprehensive in the UK. I bet they've won some awards. They have. They've won some awards. They've won awards. What awards have they won? For their customer service, and every time we spoke to them, They've been lovely. So there you go, makes sense. We've already taken advantage of one of the perks. Yes, which involves Shirley, of course. So stay tuned for that exciting story ahead. Thanks again to the guys at Bought By Many. And if you join today using our special link, you'll receive a £40 Amazon gift card. I know. There you go. That is an appropriate effect for it. That's a good deal. Maybe if... Can we, like, leave and rejoin? Don't be greedy. Simply go to bbm.link forward slash Baxter Shirley to join. That's bbm for bought by many dot link forward slash Baxter Shirley to join or find the link in the show notes for this episode. Let's crack on with the show. Watcher, it's Maybe Baby, Season 2, Episode 4. Kate Lawler here and Salesman of the Century, Bodge. Really? Yeah. You're my Salesman of the Century. This is... What have you been selling this week? I'm more than just a salesman, okay? What have I been selling this week? Dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Now, to be fair, once when I was working in more telesales... I had a call with someone. This is grossly embarrassing. I forgot you worked in telesales. Yeah. Well, we all have to start somewhere. All right. What was your line when somebody answered the phone? Well, just obviously, hi, it's Martin here from so-and-so. But the point was, is that I was talking to someone and, you know, there was shit chat about the weather, as there is with people you don't know. And they went, oh, it's raining here. And I went, oh, God, this is bad. I went, I don't know why I said it either. It's really bad. But I went, what did you say? I went, the sun's not shining, but we're still smiling. And I want, every time I think of that, I want to kill myself. <laughs> the sun's not shining, but we're still I'm smiling. Sorry, I'm going to have to give you a ring back. And everyone. I'm leaving. Everyone looked at me. I'm leaving. Like I was such a major leave. Here's your ring back. It was really nice. It's been lovely. Knowing you. All right, I'll call you and we can Do arrange. Do you know what bought that ring? Weekly visits. Sales. So don't, don't throw it away just yet. <laughs> 
I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, she's stuck with me now. Oh. It's a nice ring. I just can't bother to get up because I've eaten too much food and I feel sick. That's how you trap them. Um, <laughs> uh, not just selling though this week. No. Bodger's been buying. Tell everybody about your latest purchase. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a bread maker. He never told me he was buying a bread maker. It was a lovely surprise to get a box through the door, a John Lewis package. I thought, oh, what's this? Wasn't addressed to you, so not a surprise. <laughs> yeah. It was for me. You know I open all your mail. Yeah, you do. Right. <laughs> because if I didn't, you'd never open it. Says the person who's, whenever you get Selfridges letters through, which like final demand, they just go on top of the fridge. When was the last time I got a final demand through? It's been a while, but you do get bills through that you don't open. How long was the John Lewis package sitting on the kitchen floor unopened? Six hours tops. No, it was two days. No, bullshit. It was two days. Bullshit. This is bullshit. Martin, it was two days on the floor. Don't bring my mum into this. This is bullshit. I know it wasn't. It was two days, and I thought, you know what? I may as well open that package and see what's inside. What's there? A bloody Russell and Hobbs bread maker. Russell like, and Hobbs. You no. didn't even know the brand. It's I, a Russell and Hobbs bread maker. I was like, for some reason, in my head, I was like Russell Bromley, but they do the shoes. <laughs> the shoe <laughs> they shop. Do the shoes. You tell him. Can you imagine? <laughs> we do really, really, really expensive shoes, but also bread makers. So there's a bread maker sitting on the kitchen floor, and I thought to myself. Definitely don't remember buying this. <laughs> because it's not for you, because other people in this house can buy things. When are you going to make bread? The weekend. What's the first loaf you're going to do? Simple. White bread. Um, you know what would have been nice there if you'd have said, on. what loaf would you like? Well, considering it wasn't a present for you and it's something I want to do. For me? No. <laughs> I'd like a fruit for loaf, me. please. I'd like I'd like a fruit loaf. There is a, the, the amazing recipes in there. Can I tell you what else, though? Go on. In the bread maker, you know what you can make? Go on. Jam. I don't get that. What? You can make jam in there. <laughs> Fair play, it's, Russell it's and a, It's a small round of applause right. for jam. Explain how you can make jam in a bread maker. I've got no idea. It also had compote, which is very similar to jam. I don't know what the difference is between them. I just feel like you're using this as an excuse to get away from the fact that I'd like some fruit loaf. Listen, I can I can do requests. May I have some raisin and sultana bread, please? Okay, I'll make you some fruit. It's going to be terrible, let's face it. It's been an eventful week. I think the highlight for me wasn't um, opening the mystery John Lewis package after two days. Uh, it was you locking yourself out the house. <laughs> I, I feel like this is this is like therapy, this podcast, because you just beat the crap out of me every, at the start of every episode. <laughs> no, but it was funny, babe. It was. He messaged me. It was. Oh, it was the funniest WhatsApp. I was on air and he went... I'm locked out. And I just went, brilliant. <laughs> anyway, what happened? Listen, it's very simple and you know it can happen to anyone. I was taking the bins out, the food bin especially. Everyone hates the food bin. He was trying to do a nice thing. I was trying to do a nice thing. Don't ever bother. We had a clean around because <laughs> the place is a mess. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take, take the food bin out. It's a disgusting job. No one wants to do that. So I took it out. And then obviously we've got the dogs. You've got to be careful of the door, right? So you have the balance of the door versus you need to get outside. So I was like, I'm just going to keep it like narrowly open. I think what you're trying to say is you have to be careful that you don't leave the front door open because the dogs might run out. Yeah. So you wanted to shut it enough so that they wouldn't escape, but not too much to lock yourself out. I'm sure everyone needed that translation. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> She thinks I'm an idiot. Sometimes you don't explain yourself properly. How many times do we have this conversation? It's true, but I just feel very under attack. Your attention anyway, to detail. Shut up! I'm is telling guff. a story. Your attention to detail is guff. Well, okay. Do you want me to finish the story or not? No, I'm bored. Okay, fine. <laughs> so what happened was I had it slightly ajar would be the word. I went out, 
And then I just heard this very, very gentle, you know, when the door closes and you hear the lock go click, and you just, it doesn't do it that high pitch. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then the cleaner is upstairs hoovering. So she can't hear you. The natural enemy of the doorbell is the hoover. You can't hear what's, you have no idea. You may as well be in a different house. Anyway, so I look inside and both the dogs are by the front. And I swear to God, that was Baxter. Baxter just put his paw on the door. He's just like that. Just slowly shut the door. He's like, see you later, you prick. <laughs> I'd love to think that Baxter was like playing a practical joke on you. He's like, but you know, because dogs can't really smile, can they? So he's just that deadpan face. He's just like, close the door. See you later. See you. Enjoy outside. See how you like it. See how you like it. Um, anyway, so I'm knocking on the door. You can't hear me. But you got back in in the end. I did. Well, I mean, the cleaner had to stop hoovering eventually. Had to wait for the hoover to run out of battery. She was really, before. she was really puzzled as well when she came downstairs, and I was like knocking, and she thought I'll leave it to him, obviously, because she thought I was downstairs. Or she thought you were. And then else. when she opened the door, she was like, "Oh!" And I was like, "Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> I know how this looks. Like I'm an idiot, and let's be honest, I am." So. Um, so it was an eventful week for the handsome. <laughs> Nothing much happened in my week. <laughs> Oh, man. This is what happens when you work from home. You create these scenarios for yourself just to keep it interesting. <laughs> no one else is around. It's just me and myself just being an idiot. All right, on to our very first guest for season two of Maybe Baby. Here's what happened when we met the lovely Gemma Atkinson. Today's guest is somebody I both love and admire on social media, but also in person. She's an actor, radio and TV presenter. We've watched her in some of the nation's favourite shows. And she's always been an amazing advocate for strong women. I mean that literally. She's a fitness queen and she could definitely beat me in an arm wrestle. Now, if you know me, you'll know that my favourite subject to talk about is dogs. And our guest is equally passionate about her too. Ollie and Norman. Therefore, we thought what better topics to cover than the relationship between parents and pooches when a little human comes along. Mother to the gorgeous Mia, Ollie and Norman. It is our pleasure to welcome Gemma Atkinson. What an intro. Thank you. The handsome wrote it himself. Um, Oh, it's very good. (laughs) It's the only useful contribution I have to this podcast. I'm like, write the intro for Gemma and make her sound brilliant. Anyway, how are you, Gem? I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you for asking. I'm I'm really well. How how are you? How are you doing carrying a child? (laughs) Uh, good. It's it's a good time at the minute. I'm full of energy. The baby is taking all my iron, meaning I'm now iron deficient more than I was before I started taking iron supplements. Refuses to eat meat, though. <laughs> I know. Oh, I don't blame you. If one more Has person... your hair gone nice and thick? Not yet. I'm really annoyed. Everyone keeps saying, oh, your hair's going to go really nice and your skin's going to go lovely. So when does that happen? Well, I think it's obviously... Well, it is different for everyone. My hair went really thick, so I was like proper chuffed and thinking I was in some hair advert. And then once I'd had <laughs> it all fell out and I was like it's like the Lord giveth and then the Lord take it away (laughs) I read it can also go the other way and I was thinking I've already got the worst like wispy fine hair if it goes any worse I won't have any I'm (laughs) devo how's Mia how's Ollie and Norm and Gorks of course can't leave them out oh yeah well let's start with the basics Norman and Ollie oh they're amazing yeah then I call Mia then Gorks no I'm joking that's (laughs) not the order imagine um yeah no we're we're all good it's kind of it's weird because when I was pregnant with Mia, I'm sure you've had the same. One of the most questions I got asked on DMs and Instagram, whatever, was, what are you going to do with the dogs when the baby comes along? Mm. 
And I was kind of like, what do you mean what am I going to do with them? You want me to just like toss them out on the street? Mm. Um, it kind of, it never, ever entered my mind. It wasn't a case of what will I do with them? It was a case of I can't wait for us to all be one big pack and kind of have an extended pack because mm. we're going to have a little baby in it. Um so yeah, it's just it's brilliant that there's there's five of us. I mean, it's manic. Don't get me wrong. If it's not baby poo, it's dog footprints or dog hair, <laughs> or Mia's trying to get to the dog bowl. I have to like <laughs> explain to her now that she can't drink out of their bowl. Um, Devastated. <laughs> I came on once and my mum had put the bowl on the worktop. She said I've had to lift the dog's bowl because Mia keeps going. Meanwhile, I look round at Norma and he's looking at me panting as if to say I need a drink. <laughs> what has my grandma done? Put the bowl back. <laughs> So it's juggling, it's juggling everything, but it's fun. It's really fun. Well, this is why we wanted to get you on to talk about going from dog mum to dog and baby mum. I'm about to do it, you've done it. Um, But we want to go back to, first of all, what life was like being a dog mum before you even fell pregnant with Mia and how you felt just having dogs and whether having kids was in your mind I I was never I never I was never one of those women who was desperate for a baby and I don't want that to sound ungrateful in any way but with me and my sister my sister all she wanted to be in life was a mum and she's got three children uh, she did a course in midwifery she worked in nurseries so she's always been around children she loves that mm. whereas all I wanted to do was either be a vet but then I thought I don't want to put an animal to sleep so then I was like right I can work for the RSPCA you know I I tried to go down that route and. Mm. I've grown up with our first dog we got when I was 18 months old. Um, I've had like six gerbils, hamsters, rats. I've always <laughs> had animals, but I've always, I was always wanted to be around animals. My sister was wanting to be around babies. So when people used to say to me before I met Gorka, people would say, oh, you're going to end up a spinster you with loads of dogs. <laughs> I used to think I'm fine with that. That for me would never be an issue. If I could have like one of those massive, massive beds with just loads of dogs, <laughs> I was thinking... If that's my future, then so be it. It doesn't bother me. It was only when I met Gorka that I started thinking, right, I could possibly have a family now. Because I think it it depends on your relationship. When you meet the right person, things just start to click more. So it wasn't until I met Gorka that I I thought I can see myself being a mum, just because of the way he is and he's he's so family-orientated. And yeah, we just we just kind of said, right, let's go for it. And Mia's been the cherry on top of what was already a really lovely family. I love that. So she was planned then. Yes, yeah, she was planned. She came. It happened quite quick. I because I was on the pill for years and years, mm. and I was told, oh, it takes a good while to get it out your system. So if you want a baby like next year, stop your pill now. And, you know, you, you might fall pregnant in six to nine months type thing. So I was like, okay, I stopped my pill. And it happened, like, within a matter of weeks. Bosh. Um, Potent. Yeah, which he loves. He's always like, yeah, I know, I did it so quick. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, but then the panic set in because I'd had my birthday in the November. And I drank, obviously, on my birthday. I celebrated in Blackpool with the Strictly lot. And then I felt so poorly after. And I said to Gork, this, this hangover is horrendous. I've never felt as ill after a, a night out. And it turned out I was pregnant. Oh, my God. So no, I was I there. Had, yeah. Were you pregnant yes. then? Yes. And I didn't know. Didn't, oh, my goodness. We were doing shots and everything. <laughs> and I was like doing the worm down the corridor with the girls. And the day after I was like, I said to Gork, I feel like someone's whacked me around the head. I was like, I, I need food to soak up this alcohol. And that was like the Sunday. And on the Wednesday, I still felt really ill. And I, I didn't for one second think I'd be pregnant. 
And it was only like a few days later, my boobs started getting really sore. Oh dear. And I kind of thought, oh my God. So then I had the whole guilt of, I've drank when I was pregnant, which apparently loads of women go through mm. um, because so many women don't realise they're pregnant. Yeah. But touch wood after that, it, it all went fine. I spoke to somebody the other day who didn't realise she was pregnant until she got tested at five months and found out because she was feeling ill, she went to the doctor and he was like, yeah, look, we're going to do a pregnancy test just in case. Five months pregnant and she said the Saturday before she was dancing in Strawberry Moons, um, a nightclub <laughs> in the old Ken Road, and she was drinking. And I was thinking, crikey, that is a long time to drink, isn't it? One of my friends told me her mate did a season in Ibiza uh, like oh. three months there and then came back and found out she was three months pregnant. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? Oh, gosh. So she, they were obviously panicking. The baby tested and everything beforehand was all fine. Has come out, is absolutely fine. They call her the Ibiza baby. So, <laughs> imagine. The little raver. Yeah, she's, I imagine she will be, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, when I began following you quite a few years ago now, I just loved seeing your relationship with Ollie and Norman. When you found out you were pregnant with Mia, at what point did it cross your mind that your relationship might change once Mia arrived or were you ever worried that it would change? See, maybe this is me being naive, but it never crossed my mind that how I feel for Norman and Ollie would change. Even though people said it's a different kind of love, they'll not come first anymore. And it, For me, it's not about who comes first. Mm. We're all as important as each other. And it was just an excitement, really, because, because I grew up with dogs and knew the relationship that Mia was going to have. And I just knew, like... I just think it's great for children to be around any pet. It teaches them a responsibility. Yeah. It teaches them compassion. Mm. You know, she, she goes up to them and she'll stroke them and go, ah, and like tilt her head <laughs> so she knows to be kind and soft around them. Mm. And the thing I loved about being pregnant is Norman, not so much. Norman's like the, the dizzy one out of the two, but Ollie knew from right away I was pregnant. He really? used to come up to me and he'd rest his head on my bump if I got up to go anywhere, he would follow me. He was like my protector throughout the whole pregnancy. Because yeah. they do have an incredible sense of smell. They can sniff out health conditions, cancer, low blood sugar levels. They're, you know, they're even using dogs to detect COVID in passengers at Helsinki Airport. They're trialing it because oh they can. Save. They're amazing. They are, but 100% like, hit rate as well. Yeah. The dogs are just not making mistakes. No. That's how much better they are than us. That's how much better dogs are than humans. Uh, isn't that interesting that one of the dogs, well, did you say it was Norman? who was it was uh, Ollie the Ollie, Spaniel was, Norman yeah. Norman was just like he's a bit wild Norm but Ollie's kind of like an old wise man he's yeah. a year older than Norman and he he was very protective but then when Mia came along it switched now Norman is obsessed with her like oh. he won't leave her alone if I get up in the night to feed her he has to come in the room because they, they still sleep in our room the dogs I know some people might find it gross but when when Gorka's not here they're in my bed with me which I love <laughs> and when he is here that when he's here they're in their own beds at the bottom of our bed yeah so even when we brought Mia home Mia was in her carry cot next to us they still had their beds at the bottom I was very conscious of not letting them feel shut out or yeah. you know pushed aside so when we came home from the, the hospital, when I had Mia, um, I had to stay in for four days. But I said to Gorka, take one of her baby girls home that she's worn. Mm -hmm. She had a baby girl on all day. I said, take it home, let the boys sniff it. So when I come home with her, it's not a new scent. It's mm -hmm. one that they'll recognize. So we took a baby girl home and some hats. And he said they sniffed it, you know, had a bit of fun with it, whatever, <laughs> like, like Shirley does. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he said, and then they just kind of got bored. Yeah. So then when I came in from the hospital, 
I said to everyone, just let me come in first. Don't bring me in yet. Let me go in and just because I thought they'd, they'd wonder where I'd been. I'd been away for four or five days. Of course. So I, I you know, I made sure I covered my scars with padding because Ollie jumps up and I had a fear of him ripping my stitches out. Ouch. But um, yeah, I, I went in for a good 10, 10 minutes, sat on the floor with them, made sure I spoiled them rotten. And then we brought Mia in for them. But I, I just didn't want them to feel this wasn't an equal. This was mm. someone who was going to take away stuff from them. I was very conscious of that. Had they spent any time with kids prior to you having Mia? Like, what were they, what were they like with children that you met out and about? They've always been good. I mean, my sister's, she's got three. They're grown up now. But the youngest one was 10. So they're not really, not really kids, like toddlers oh, or anything. Okay. But I just, I mean, I never, ever leave them alone with her, ever. Although I, I trust them. I know what their characters are like, but I also know how they would react if they were in a situation where they felt frightened or threatened. It's like a human. Mm. If a human feels threatened, they're going to react. And one thing that the sanctuary where I, where I work, the dog trainer there said to me what it is with babies. I mean, you'll learn this yourself. When the baby's crying, it's like a screech. The amount of times I've sat on my top step and gone, oh, just shut the fuck up, you know, when when she's been screaming, trying to breathe and get myself through it. It's such a high-pitched screech. And he said to me, you know, dogs can hear. Is it somewhere like, is it 19 times or something better than us? Yeah. Yeah. Their hearing is incredible. And he, he said, if that sound is grating on you, he said, can you imagine how it feels for them? He said, so if a baby's in a basket in a room and suddenly screeches that the dog could be petrified it could hurt its ears it could wonder what's going on and obviously their their instinct is to react to whatever it is is frightening them so even though I know their character I would never ever leave Mia alone with them ever but saying that as well I'm more than happy to have them like she lies on them as long as I'm there you Mm. know she knows not to go to the back end without them knowing we've taught Mm -hmm. her she always has to go to the front Mm -hmm. and the only the issue I think we're going to have with her is when we're out walking and she's on a reins, if she sees another dog, she instantly wants to go over. Right. Um, <laughs> so I have to now say to her, when, when, as she's getting older, I'm going to have to explain to her, she can't just go to any dogs. They have to, you know, check with the owner and not every dog is like Norman and Ollie because, you know, mm. you don't want them to react a, a different way. It's interesting, isn't it? It's what you're saying about leaving the kids. I think someone said to us about our dogs playing with squeaky toys and actually that squeaky noise is meant to sound similar to a baby. Um, yeah, So it sometimes is. they can think it's actually a toy rather than a human being. Well, yeah. You, no. There's a lot of things to think about, isn't there? Like, I imagine introducing a newborn to your dog is a bit like bringing a baby home to an older sibling in the sense that if it's not done properly, it might cause rivalry, it might hurt feelings. But it sounds like you were really prepared for their first meeting. I love that you took a baby grow home from the hospital. It's good advice, we'll do it's that. It's great advice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just so they, when they smell the scent for the second time, they smell the scent with me. Mm. So they'll know it's a safety, it's not a threat, it's safe. Mm. Um, and we took her in a Moses basket with like a fly net on. Yeah. And I just sat with her and they just sniffed around and, <laughs> you know, they got a bit excited and then they got bored. So then I took <laughs> the fly net off. Yeah. And then they instantly wanted to go to her face which again, I was saying, don't lick her face, not yet. She's not got germs yet. She needs to develop some kind of immunity first. But yeah, after literally about 10, 15 minutes, they looked at me as if to say, you know, she doesn't do out, I'm not bothered. And they just like (laughs) clotted off. I think they like wanted her to, to like like you say, like a toy or play. But now it's uh, it's very sweet in that she'll walk around and they'll totter about with her. Oh. Ollie's tail's an issue at the minute because he's very, Ollie spins. When he gets excited, he'll <laughs> spin. And 
he's whacked her a few times with his tail, oh. like on the chest. It's like a hoof, like a sword on the oh, chest. Really? Has <laughs> it knocked her over? Yeah, but she she oh. just gets back up or she, or she stands <laughs> and just blinks rapidly while he's doing it. As if to, and she, I'm like, move away from him, and she just stands blinking. It's a bit like Shirley. Shirley's tail goes crazy sometimes, and Baxter is right behind her, and he's standing there like blinking while her tail just, just whacks him in, in the, the face. face. Yeah, it's so funny. yeah, me does the yeah. same. Definitely. <laughs> A quick message on behalf of our sponsors for this episode, bought by many pet insurance and where we found them especially helpful. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll know we have a rescue pup, Shirley, and she's a proper tear about, rarely sits still, just like her mum. Anyway, one night we found a lump on the back of her neck and after extensive Googling, which we all do, we couldn't figure out how serious the situation was. Now, normally we go to the vet, but it was in the height of the pandemic. Also, we'd have had to wait a couple of days for an appointment, not forgetting a rather steep bill. Enter Bought by Many, which gives you access to the first vet app, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. We logged on. Within an hour, we were having a video consultation with a lovely vet. Uh, We described Shirley's symptoms and he gave us reassurance that it was just due to her not sitting still during an inoculation. That's just a peak Shirley injury, that, isn't it? I know. So you can guess why we're fans of theirs. And don't forget their offer of a £40 Amazon gift card when you join using our special episode link. Just visit bbm.link forward slash Baxter Shirley to join or click the link in the show notes. Time to get back to our interview now with Gemma. Is there any time that the dogs have kind of surprised you by doing something that uh, you feel is quite fatherly or looking after? Fatherly is the wrong word. But, you know, if you've been around... Brotherly, yeah, should we say. Have they done anything that kind of surprises you, that level of emotion? Yeah, they've... Well, my grandma told me a story that her dog used to do with my dad. So when it happened, it was kind of sweet. But when I first went out for my walk with Mia... Um, a stranger came over. Well, it wasn't a stranger. It was our, one of our neighbours, but a stranger to the dogs mm. came to lean and look in the pram and Norman went and sat between them and the pram. Oh. And he kind of sat upright as if to say, you have to get past me before you look in there. Oh. Um, and it was it was weird because he was next to my feet, but he just went round and just plodded himself in between. And he, he, he does that a lot if we're out walking you kind of make sure no one can get near the pram in a, in a nice way, you know, not in an aggressive way. Mm. And the amount of times I'll hear, we, we've got a wood floor in Mia's room and at night on the baby monitor, she starts whinging. I'll, you can hear the dog's feet, can't you, on the wood floor? Yeah. Uh, Norman goes in and totters and he sits next to a cot until <laughs> I go in, yeah. I tell you the what, only I'll... other thing he, he does, he nicks dummies, Norman, which is a pain. <laughs> does he actually he suck nicks... them? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he nicks the dummies and Mia now loves, she, she gives her dummies to him and the amount of times <laughs> I have to say to her, no, that's not for the dog. Because um, he, he, he chews them, you see, he chews the plastic off them, which obviously can be dangerous for him as well, but yeah. then I go to put a dummy in Mia and it's like, a, a little hook tooth sticking up a nose <laughs> from it where the plastic's all twisted. Oh. So. I feel like we shouldn't have too much expectations from our dogs. I feel like <laughs> if we if we expect them to, when you come home, they'll be like looking after you and protecting because they don't do any of that now. They just sleep and eat and whinge. So I don't think we should put too many expectations on them. No. They'll love the eating. The weaning stage is fun because anything she doesn't like, she just throws on the floor. And I think I'd, I ain't going to hoover it because I know they, they will. <laughs> oh, my word, yeah. I, it so, sounds like she's got such a lovely relationship with them. She has, and it, it's weird because they're nine and eight now, and oh. it, the only worry I had about 
having a baby around dogs is that I said to Gorka, we're going to have to one day have that horrendous conversation about why they're not here anymore. Mm. That breaks me because my mum had to do it with me. I was 15 um, when my mum, I mean, I remember I had to have two days off school when our first dog got put down because I was so distraught. I can imagine. And I said, it's now on, it's now on us because they've got at least another five, six years, hopefully, touch wood, they're both healthy, strong dogs. And I said to explain to a five, six-year-old who's all her life had these two little beautiful souls suddenly not here, I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Oh, gosh. And then, and then Gorka says to me, well, you have to because they're your, they're your dogs, you know. It's, we're a family, but they're, they're yours. So. And you- that's the only thing that every time I see them playing, it, and I know it's morbid, but that's the only thing, the fear I have with it, that I think, oh, God, how am I going to? explain to her one day when she comes in and they're not here it's going to be awful that is one thing i have not considered oh brilliant no, no, it's else no it isn't. <laughs> all i all i'm thinking about is like getting to the next scan and making sure that it's still mm. here not even like when it's born when then i think about them playing but i never i've never thought that far ahead because baxter's the same age he's nine he's going to be 10 in november and mm. you're going to have to have that horrible conversation. It's, it's not even like if you, if Mia was three and we, we have a dog then, mm. and, you know, if she's had three years without one, it's like since the day she stepped foot in the, our family, our house, mm. she's had them everywhere. And it's like if she's lay on the couch and she's given herself a bottle with her other hand, she's like tickling his ear <laughs> or just, just touching him. It's, it's life though, isn't it? I know, that's, that's the thing with, with any dog, cat, any pet owners, they'll yeah. tell you the worst thing about being a pet owner is that they're never around for long enough. That's the only problem I have with it is that they're never around long enough. And I, I've always been the child and now it's dawned on me, I've got to, I'm the adult. Yeah. So, and I've, I've got to do the do that horrible stuff and try and be strong and all that. And it's, it, it breaks me when I see them playing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It's amazing because Kate's family dog, Charlie, Died at twenty one. No, he was he was two weeks off his twentieth birthday. Two weeks off his we got 20th. him when we were oh, in wow. school. Yeah, it's mad how long he was alive for. But I remember being in school and getting him, and that love for him just grew and grew. And to think that he got to like almost twenty when he passed. I mean, my mum still isn't over it. I can't imagine what it's going to be like losing Baxter. With Norm and Ollie, they've they've unwillingly, like, and unknowingly helped me through two major breakups. Mm. Two house moves, one of which was during a breakup, mm. you know, a failed engagement. They've they've unknowingly just got me through all that because when you, you, you go through something awful or like the loss, when I lost my grandma, I was devastated. You, you get in bed and they just come and get in bed next to me and Ollie will put his paw out or they'll do that little, do you, and you hear them snoring when they were sleeping, you can hear them <laughs> snoring. It's just the comfort of having them there and they seem to know when you need yeah. them a little bit more. They are so and, in tune with their oh. owner's dogs and any slight change, I think, in your behaviour, they pick up on it. Like when Definitely. I wasn't feeling well last Friday, they didn't just hang out with me on the sofa like they normally do. Shirley was to my right and Baxter to my left. I was sandwiched, like they were by my side, like next to me. Almost felt like they were protecting me and saying, it's going to be all right. You know, you were saying how Ollie knew. Like, I feel like I don't think they know I'm pregnant, but maybe they do. I don't know. I think Shirley is being a lot more... She's following me around the house a lot more, but I don't know if it's because we've moved home and she's not quite settled yet. I can't work it out. And she has put her head on my belly once. I'd like to think it's because she knows. but Yeah, maybe it's it. I think it's sometimes they say there's a rise in oestrogen as well that dogs can mm. smell. 
Really? Maybe that's why she humps loads at the minute. <laughs> Jesus, she's always humped, to be fair. You'll have to watch. There's a, a thing. I watched it before I brought Mia home, but it's on YouTube. It's dogs meeting babies for the first time. Am I going to cry? It's just it's so nice to watch, especially the huskies. The huskies seem really intuitive with it all when you see that oh, video. Can we watch that after we finish yeah. this? You'll I know cry. You will cry. <laughs> I know it's not even born yet, but I just can't wait for that moment when the baby's old enough to interact with the dogs, you know how you're saying at the beginning, the dogs were like, "Oh, it's just not doing out. Like this is boring." Yeah. Like, how long does it take for that to happen? Um, for Mia, it, it probably took her about six, seven months to realise anything was happening. I think, but it is so nice now. Like she'll just she'll follow them everywhere, and when I say to her, she would take the doggies out. She says, "Yeah," <laughs> and she'll point to them in books if she sees them on books. She'll oh. point to them. Um, any other dog if, if we're watching a film and a dog's on the tv she'll point to it Aww. so she recognizes dogs yeah I got a message from somebody online saying I swore my relationship wouldn't change with my beloved cat Hank but omg nothing could have prepared me for how guilty I felt when it inevitably did please be mindful about it um that was from Claire on Instagram and I got a sinking feeling in my stomach when I read that because I'm like Claire right now. I'm adamant. I, I don't know if it's naivety, but I I feel like the dogs are still going to be number one. Joint number one, of course, with a little poop nugget. But is it, yeah. inev- is it inevitable that the relationship changes slightly? Or what can we do to make sure that it doesn't? Because I feel like, if anything, like you said, I feel like I'm going to be the same as you. It's only going to enhance what we already have. I mean, one of my biggest fears was if Mia was allergic to dogs. Because... <gasps> In, in the summer, Gorka gets really bad hay fever, and he if he's, if the dogs are around him, Norman's not so bad. He's the hypogenic mm. breed, um, hypoallergenic breed, but Ollie molts. But I've just said to Gorka, "We'll take an antihistamine and deal with it, pal." Because they're here. <laughs> and um, my my fear was that Mia would have the same, you know, allergies. And as I actually joked, I said to my sister, "If she's allergic to dogs, you're going to have to have her because <laughs> um, it's it's oh, weird. It, it never dawned on me either. I think because all I've known is the being a dog mum until I had Mia. I was just adamant, and also because like at, at the sanctuary where we are, the amount of rehomes we have to do because. You know, you hear the story, like I'll go in and say, what's happened to this dog? Oh, they had a baby, so they couldn't look after him That's anymore. so upsetting. And, it, mm. and I, I understand financially for some people it's it's extremely difficult, uh, you know, with a baby and dogs. But I, we, I just wish there was more information for people to realise how, how much of a responsibility being a dog parent is before they decide to have a baby, then there'll be less rehoming for that reason. Because I just feel the dog will forever wonder what it did wrong. I know. Um, the thing is, there's information just, out there, but I feel like not a lot of people do their research. That's the problem. It's almost like, no. shall we get a dog? Yes. Surely you have to consider like what will happen if a baby comes along and how will that impact us financially and will we have time for the dog? And pick your breeds carefully. Mm. You know, you don't want to have a dog that needs three, four walks a day, like a, you know, mm. a big mastiff who needs lots of exercise, you know, you'd be better with like a little Dachshund who's got tiny little legs who, who doesn't need as much. And, you know, if you're desperate to have both, I'd say pick your breed, definitely. And with regards to having both, I, I still now always make sure, like if I come in and I've, I've been out, like my mum has Mia for me at the house while I'm at work mm-hmm. and when I come in from work the dogs come to greet me Norm and Ollie so I, I always still shower them with so much affection I'm on the floor with them <laughs> I'm saying hello to them and then I'll go and greet Mia with my mom yeah you know I, I never want them to feel isolated and when when we come to feed them Mia helps me feed them 
I've had to now put a little yogurt pot in the kibble so she can tip some kibble in from the yogurt pot. Um, oh, and so in the morning, she, she gives them a dentist stick each. Oh, it does she? Off. Yeah, I used to have her on my hip while I fed them the dentist stick. Whereas now she can do it herself. I hold her, she has a dentist stick in her hand and she feeds them a little dentist stick each. So they they now see her as someone who's... She like she's looking after them. Yeah. I think if if dogs will go to anyone with food, of won't course. they? Yeah. So so she's because she's part of our routine. Mm. I, I feel like they they've accepted her really really well because of that. Have you ever caught Mia eating kibble? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, not kibble. She's the water was a nightmare. She loved the water, <laughs> oh, and she she used to just put her hand flat in it, so it'd be like up to her wrist in the bowl, or she'd tip the bowl. A lot of her toys end up in the dogs box and vice versa she's um she's not bothered about that she'll chew the toys and stuff Amazing. but it's, it's just kind of like i mean people have said to me oh it's, it's gross that you let her so near them but really it's, it's never bothered that? me that oh. like well, dog hair and and if ollie has a drink with his spaniel jowls and he walks off the water drips everywhere but yeah that for me is part of the fun of being having dogs it's kind of just rawness and, yeah. you know, it's like if you go caravanning and they get muddy, like, so what? It's kind of, it's, it's just part of it for me. One more silly question. Everyone mm-hmm. always says having a dog is like having a baby. How true is that? My sister said to me when I was pregnant, because I, I wasn't one of the, there's like one of my friends who was pregnant, she was like, oh, it's going to be bliss and harmonious and mother nature and I can't wait. And when I was pregnant, I knew from the start, I was like, right, I'm going to be knackered now. I'm going to have eye bags. I'm probably not going to sleep a lot, but it's fine. It's going to be manic. And my sister said to me, if you can raise dogs, trust me, you can do a baby. She said, babies are so much easier than dogs. Really? And I was like, oh, okay. That's what she said. Well, but when, the, when Mia came along, those first three months, I actually said to her, I said, listen, give me four dogs over this screaming <laughs> child. I don't think, I think, I personally think dogs are easier. Mia's easier now. Now she can communicate yeah. and tell me what's wrong. Yeah. But when when the like when she was crying as a baby and I didn't know why that used to be like upsetting because I'd be thinking right she's changed she's winded she's been fed why is she crying <laughs> you know um, she wants some dog and, water. and then with the dog when a dog's sick it'll just go and be sick won't it whereas yeah. me a bless her she'll be sick on me in my hair in bed when I've got a clean bedding on you know and it's like oh come on just do it get it over with <laughs> oh so not that similar then. We're hoping it is. No, I I personally think dogs are easier. Mm. Uh, Before we go, uh, Gemma Atkinson's The Ultimate Body Plan for New Mums. Hello, I'm going to be needing that. Can you tell us about your new book? Oh, yes, I'll give you a copy. Yeah, it's it's basically, um, it's just a plan for new mums, really, just about feeling themselves again and, and getting back in shape, but without the pressure of a diet and, you know, feeling they have to do it within a certain amount of time. I think there's there's so much pressure on new mums anyway. And mm. the last thing I wanted, especially, was to exercise after I'd had Mia. I wasn't bothered. And so many people saying, when you're back in the gym, and I bet you'll snap back, I bet you'll ping back. And none of that happened. Hate that you phrase. know, it was a really <laughs> slow process. So I wanted to do a plan with my friend Lydia, who's a pre and postnatal specialist. And it's just all about rebuilding your core strength, you know, remembering you were someone before you were a mum mm. and prioritising your baby and your health 
uh, and your fitness really as opposed to just trying to squeeze into a size 10 pair of jeans it sounds great it's not out until the summer but i might have to try and get a sneaky copy off you before although actually, i'll send you a little sneaky one I, I probably wouldn't be exercising anyway until the summer because i'm having the baby in february and i think for the first few months i probably won't want to do oh anything. yeah you just want to i had 54 nearly 16 weeks i had just it's surprising how because i'm so active and i love being outdoors and mm. But when Mia came home, all I wanted to do was just be at home with her. Yeah. It was like your, your nice little bubble. And I had the same chair that I sat on every single day. Norman Ollie pottering about. Mum was helping me make food. It was just so cosy. It felt like, do you remember when you were a kid at school and you, you like fake to tummy ache and you got to go to <laughs> Nana's for the day? Yeah. And it was proper cosy. And, you know, for me, I just loved those first four months of just being in that little at the, t- at the time I was like it was stressful but looking back I, I just I really missed that little first stage yeah you're glad you took the time out because I'm like you I'm very active I can't sit still take the time out while, while, the, while she just eats and sleeps and poops make the most of just doing you know looking after yourself mm. and then when, when they start crawling and walking Christ you need eyes in the back of your backside <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for the great advice I feel like we are so much more prepared now after speaking to you oh thank you um, thank you for for having me guys yeah it's just lovely to speak to somebody who has had quite a similar journey when it comes to pets and parenting so um hopefully we'll get to meet your little family one day when covid's yes, when over when all this madness is over yeah thank you so much Jem. send my love to obviously everybody but especially norman ollie i feel sorry for the men in, in these relationships i'm just gonna say that <laughs> Gorka said to me when he first when we first moved in together, he said he didn't want the dogs upstairs. He said they shouldn't be upstairs, and you know this house is lovely. They shouldn't be upstairs. And within, I'd say, forty minutes of us <laughs> being in the house, they were up. They were on his bed. He was going, "Oh, for God's sake, Norman, come on!" <laughs> but now he doesn't mind. No, oh, he's obsessed with them. He'll Facetime me and he'll say, "How are the boys?" Before he asks how I am. You were the same though. You no, were no, like, no. dogs shouldn't be on the bed. And I was like, sorry, they're no, going to be I'll on tell my you what bed. It was, we moved into a place and the landlord, it had carpet up the stairs and we didn't tell the landlord we had dogs. So when he found out, he was pretty annoyed and he said, look, you can have them, but they just can't go upstairs. And Kate was like, right, not a problem. That's absolutely fine. We only had Baxter at the time. So for the first week I was there, Baxter was sleeping in the living room, absolutely fine. I went away for work for a week. I came back. It was like Baxter was on my pillow. He was looking at me going, why are you here? Why are you back? I thought I had to sleep downstairs after that. That first week for me was hell. I was like, he was downstairs in the living room. I was upstairs. You feel terrible. I felt so bad. Like they sleep in their own beds at the end of our bed. Oh, when they want to. Yeah. But when we wake up, they're all over us. Baxter isn't. It's He's at the shot. foot of the bed. You know, when you wake up and you've got no duvet, but mm. Baxter is completely yeah. comfortable. And a dead leg because yeah. they're on your leg or something. Of course, and you can't move because they're comfy. That's all that matters. Babe. And I, I, I want to just say good luck to you guys. Thank good you. luck with everything and enjoy it all and you'll be absolutely great. You'll be fine. The, the best advice I got is to not take advice when it comes to raising your baby. Do what's right for you guys and Baxter and Shirley and you'll be absolutely fine. That is the best advice about not taking advice, But should we it? not take that advice then? <laughs> there you go. We can go around in circles in that one. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I think we should do a final shout out to the guys at Bought by Many Pet Insurance for all their support this yeah, episode. definitely. In your best Garage MC voice though. Wait, what? Yeah. Why? Because you used to be a Garage MC and you're really well, good. Are you ready for the offer? Yes. Are you ready? Yes, I'm so ready. Don't forget that offer. Simply visit bbm.link forward slash Baxter Shirley to get your hands on a £40 Amazon gift card when you join. <laughs> Inside the ride. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I love you. Marry me tomorrow. Okay.
Thanks, guys. Cheers, bought by many. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't, I'm sorry we didn't live up to your podcast expectations. We've set quite a high bar now, haven't we? With the level of jokes. Have we? And entertainment. Just all round entertainment, really. I can, <laughs> can completely understand why you'd be. If you did enjoy the episode, the best way to show your appreciation is by subscribing in whatever app you're using to listen to us right now or leave us a nice review. Like this one, five stars. Thank you. From Zoe Hatter, such a fantastic podcast. It brings back so many fond memories from when I had my son. I wish you all the luck in the world. You're going to be fantastic parents. Oh, thank Fingers you. Crossed. P.S. My son's womb name was Shaka. She called her son Shaka while he was in the womb. In the womb. So there was a Newcastle goalkeeper called Shaka Hislop. Oh, I was thinking of Shaka Demas and Pliers. It could be Shaka Demas. Any other famous Shakas? <laughs> Don't know any of uh, Thank you very much, Zoe Hatter, for your lovely review. Uh, also, tell your friends if you enjoyed the podcast. Do your best sales pitch. Don't just say, listen to maybe baby bodge. Sell our podcast. Go. Undecided about having a child? It's pregnancy entertainment in a bottle. A bottle being a metaphor for the Uh, podcast. Yes, I didn't even realise I was being clever. Clever. Mm. On next week's episode, we tell you all about our recent house move. I can highly recommend moving house when your partner is pregnant. (laughs) It's really stress-free. It's no stress at all. Until then, you gorgeous bunch. Bye-bye.